You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. My special guest today is author and journalist, Bose Hadley. And we're going to talk to Bose a little bit about his latest book, Holy Cow. A great little fun book, and uh, talk about words and phrases, splendid animal words and phrases, things that I uh, imagine every one of us have heard from time to time, but where did they really come from? Where did they really originate from? So it's uh, going to be a fun little book, and we'll talk to Bose about that. And we'll also talk to him a little bit about his uh, writing styles and comparisons of writing books compared to uh, you know doing some of the other work that he does uh, for, for magazines and other publications. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, we're going to come back right after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. You love your dog. And getting kisses from them. But their breath can be downright stanky. Knock out their smelly breath with Stank Be Gone. Stank Be Gone is made with natural ingredients to eliminate their bad breath while helping to reduce plaque and tartar. Just add a capful to your dog's drinking water. Stank Be Gone is only $19.95. Use promo code STANK to receive a second bottle for just $5. Go to stankbegone.com today. That's stankbegone.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here today with author and journalist Bose Hadley. Talk to him about his latest book, Holy Cow. Bose, uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be on it. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Well, tell us a little bit about the book, Holy Cow. Well, the reason I did it, it's fully called Holy Cow, Dog Roll, Catnap, Scapegoats, Foxtrots, and Horse Feathers, is that there are hundreds of animal words and phrases and expressions like lame duck president, for one, that we hear and we usually don't know the origins of. And so I looked up in the library, uh, was there ever a book all about this? And there wasn't. And this book is 100% animal-themed. So it explains everything from uh, a horse of another color to uh, freezing the balls off a brass monkey, which, by the way, is G-rated, the explanation, (laughs) and uh, just everything you can imagine. And it's in five chapters, dogs, cats, horses, other mammals, and then non-mammals. There you go. So, you know, putting together, what kind of research went into this? Because this is the fascinating part of it, because it seems like there's so much into it. Yes. These these terminologies and phrases have been around for uh, the dawn of ages, we'll say. Oh, uh, centuries, yes. Yeah. So how did uh, how'd you go about going about well, finding the I'll details? I'll tell you, one thing I didn't do was go on the Internet and then say, ah, this is the explanation. With the Internet, because it's not edited, unlike books and magazines and newspapers, you have to double and triple check things. For example, something like, 
like Oli Oli Oxenfree, which is a child's game like hide and seek. It comes from a mistranslation of a German expression. It's alle, alle auch sind frei. Everyone, everyone is free, free to go looking for the person who's hiding. So it has nothing to do with oxen. Whereas, say, Oxford, like the university, there was a crossing for cattle, a ford, where ox and other cattle would cross. No, it was mostly from books, lots and lots of books. So you had to spend a lot of time in the local libraries digging out these books, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Even books going back to the early 1800s. Uh, just uh, books on phrases, terminology, usage, books on specific animals, and of course then double-checking on the internet, also articles in newspapers like from the Sydney Morning Herald or the Los Angeles Times and so on. Yeah, and I think that's important. Uh, you know, it's good good point you're bringing up there to do the research because you know putting together a book like this, it's fun, it's lighthearted, it's very intriguing because everybody you know stops from time to time and say, where in the heck did that word come from or that yeah. phrase came from? But I think in today's society, it's so easy for us to go on the internet, find information, whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, it's information, and just assume it's accurate. That's true. You always have to double-check anything, and for a book, even triple-checking, and all the more so when it has to do with words and expressions that have been around since, say, the 1500s, when many of them did originate. And one thing I found is that even though today we love animals and we treat them well, especially our pets, in the past, even dogs, man's best friend, if you look at all these words and expressions about dogs, they reflect the contempt for dogs at the time. There you go. And so we often think it's a, a, a some of these terminologies are a positive or a fun thing, but actually mm-hmm. they have a, a much, much deeper meaning than that. Oh, yeah. Like to say someone is a lucky dog means they don't deserve their luck because neither would a dog. And again, remembering that all these things were coined centuries ago when animals had to earn their keep. If you had a dog, it had to be a watchdog. If you had a cat, it had to kill rats. Right. And if it didn't do anything of the sort, then it wasn't much of a dog. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) And it was kicked out often, literally, yes. Uh Yeah, exactly. So it's a real fascinating how that that comes about. So so what fascinated you most about this book? Was it an aha moment? It's like, you know, where did that phrase come from? So you decided to investigate it or then found out there was no other books like this out there? Well, that's the thing that surprised me, that there was no other book like this. There was a book I read, very interesting, called Red Herrings and White Elephants. And both those are, of course, in this book. Anything you can think of, it's virtually in the book. But I checked it out. I enjoyed it. But it was only about half about animals. This is totally about animals. Something else that intrigued me was the facts. It has uh, hundreds of little info bites in this book. For example, if you ask, what color is the skin of a polar bear? Well, naturally, you think white. It's black skin. Right. But, yes, but every little fur, every little hair on the polar bear's skin is a hollow tube that reflects the sun's rays to warm the polar bear. And because of reflection, we see it as white. But if you removed all of its fur, it would be a black bear. There you go. <laughs> so fascinating things about this. So then, then putting together this book, tell us a little bit about, obviously, uh, you've written a lot of books, uh, 15 yes. books, I, I believe it is up to date. Yeah, this is number 20, yes. It's number 20, so we're yes. up to 20 now. Yes. So what gives you, as a writer and as an author, what gives you your motivation? Because the books have been all different, different types of books that yes. you've written. Right. Well, you know, it's just at curiosity than anything. And also, because my father was a professor, so I grew up reading nonfiction. I read the occasional novel, but reality, past and present, is so interesting. There are so many things we don't know, and we find out and we say, ah, oh, isn't that amazing? And then you want to tell someone else. 
that I have stuck to nonfiction. Of course, you get much more money if you're a successful novelist, but I do it simply for the pleasure. And hopefully each book is entertaining, but also enlightening. There you go. So the, um, the bulk of your work then that you've done, is it geared more towards the nonfiction type of, of things oh, or have you dabbled yes, in the book? Yes, all nonfiction so far, yes. A lot of it has been show business. This book has almost no show business in it, so that's different. Uh, but uh, and because I grew up in Santa Barbara, uh, I had two British grandmothers and uh, I wasn't born in this country, but I grew up in Santa Barbara, 90 miles from Los Angeles. And there were many stars who would come to live in Santa Barbara or retire there or they would film there. So you had everyone from John Travolta to Ronald Reagan, Rosalind Russell, Jane Russell, and so on. And sometimes one would meet them or interview them. And then would uh, most of those publications go into the, the newspapers or uh, did they develop into a lot more than right. that? Right. Either papers or magazines and also here and abroad because there's a lot of interest in Hollywood internationally. So it might be a Japanese newspaper or a British magazine. Or, of course, it can be syndicated in many countries. And then when you write for uh, the different publications, are most of these uh, you have standing correspondence with uh, regular contributors to, or is it a matter of you think that would fit a certain type of uh, publication and so you well, approach Well, that's them true. That if, if you get a certain person and they're, let's say, an older or retired uh, movie star, that won't probably go on the cover of People. It will go into something like Art Magazine, which is for seniors, say. It depends. But for the last several years, I have been focusing books because uh, they take a lot of time to do it. I'm the very this book is, I found it the most fun to research of any book I've done because the result, it's just a lot of fun and interesting information. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll come back with uh, Bose Hadley, tell to him a little bit more about his book, Holy Cow. And then I want to dig more into that whole uh, aspect of uh, what's like to write a book compared to writing for magazines. What's it like to be a true journalist? We'll put little quotations, little hyphens behind that compared to doing some of the other things that, that he's done. So uh, everybody just hang tight. Uh, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. My Golden Retriever Sundance is a lot more playful now. She has more pep and energy than I've seen in years. Tons of energy. Petey is having fun again. He's got a shiny coat and a good healthy weight. Molly's been having four scoops a day. She pushes her little bowl all the way across the room, emptying every last single crumb. She has slimmed down and gotten this puppy look. She's got life. She's got energy. She's got stuff to give. We get asked all the time when we're at shows, how do you get your dog so healthy and shiny and glossy? D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Family will be on Dynavite for the rest of his life. Just feed your dog right. Use Dynavite. If it's working, don't quit. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. I-N-O-V-I-T-E Hey everybody, this is Tim Link, the host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Got some exciting news for you here today. My audiobook is now available. Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail is now available in audiobook form through audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. It's a collection of 32 conversations I've had with the animals. It's a fun, interesting, heartfelt book that's suitable for all age groups. So everybody pick up a copy of the audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. You'll be glad you did. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. We're here with uh, Bose Hadley. Talk to him about his latest book, Holy Cow. Tell us a little bit from your perspective how you go about writing. Are you one of these dedicated writers that has to put 500 words, 5,000 words down on paper every day? Or is it uh, more of a less structured and, uh, right. approach that you go about doing? Yes, less, less structured. I mean, you can do the other, but you know, I think if you're writing a novel, then probably that's the best way to do it, to have a quota to fill up. Every day, but with this, there will be some days when you find a lot of material for a book, and other days when you no, know, something didn't work out, or what you thought was the right explanation wasn't, so you discard it. Also, I just want to mention one thing, Tim. Uh, this book is titled Holy Cow, but it's not the only book with that title. Earlier this year, last year now, <laughs> there was a novel by the actor David Duchovny called Holy Cow, and then there have been other books called Holy Cow about India, where the cow is sacred. And uh, so this is Holy Cow with an exclamation mark. So just making it clear, it's not the only Holy Cow book, but it is the only one about animal words and expression. Right, where the word Holy Cow came from. So, <laughs> yeah. And of course, for me, being a you know a baseball aficionado or a nut, being a former yeah. baseball semi-pro baseball player myself, uh-huh. I remember Harry Carey, who's the famous mm-hmm. announcer for the Cubs and Cardinals before that, saying the you know, Holy Cow, and that's what strikes me first of all. But I've never, you know, it's one of those words I will have to say is. Like, where in the world did that come from? Well, it's simply that in India, the cow, because it's the source of so many things, fertilizer, butter, meat, and milk, and so on, although most Hindus are vegetarians, uh, it is considered sacred. So when you say holy cow, it's also like saying holy mackerel, which referred long ago to Catholics eating fish on Friday. But here's the interesting thing. The expression sacred cow is the opposite of holy cow, because when you say a sacred cow, it's negative, and it means something you can criticize, and usually do, but you can't do anything about it. For example, if someone says, well, we should spend less on the military, that's a, but it's a sacred cow, so nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, when you uh, start doing the research for the book, how many of these terminologies did you actually know uh, where the background came from and what you thought the background came from? Well, less than half because there are so many. There are literally hundreds of them. For example, everyone's heard of a quack doctor. It has nothing to do with ducks. It has to do with an old expression, quack salver. To quack used to mean to peddle, to sell. And salver, as in salve or ointment, was a medicine. So a quack salver was somebody who peddled medicine that didn't work. And eventually this got transferred to doctors, although now it means an inept or incompetent doctor. <laughs> so, again, as you say, we've heard many or most of these, but where they come from is something else. Sounds fascinating. Well, then, then uh, the thing I want to ask you about then is writing. Uh, you mentioned you're doing a lot more writing for books right now compared to magazines and articles of the sort. Uh, compare the two. I know there. You know that sounds very simplistic. It's like, well, you put more into a book, more time, and compared to an article. But the nuances of writing and how you have to approach it, and the the tense of writing is much different. I would imagine. Yes, because in articles you can't really go into detail. You have to give a lot of information quickly, especially mm-hmm. if it's nonfiction say reporting for a newspaper the first paragraph ideally should tell the what where who when why and so on you don't always know the why but the other facts i got my master's in journalism at san jose state university and so we learned that early on and when you are starting out and you do articles 
uh, you know, a thousand word article, that's one thing. Then you're given a 5,000 and you think, oh my God, that's terribly long. And of course, then the thought of a book with 50, 60, 70,000 words is very daunting, but you work your way into it. And as with anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Very good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I found that, you know, I, I write for a lot of magazines. I've written for newspapers. And of course, I do a lot of nonfiction myself. And uh, I always find the two much different, the approaches to it, because it's um, there are some nuances that are absolutely the same. The research, as we'd mentioned before, is a very important part of it. Going out to the experts and getting the experts' opinions or points of view is very important as well. But there's, uh, I find it at times uh, even more, more of a challenge uh, when you're writing for a magazine or a newspaper article, just because, like you had said, you've got to get your message across quick. You've got really that first line, that first sentence to catch yeah, in the heading to, to catch somebody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you do with a book as well. You've got to have a good title. The book's got to have a good binding and look good on the shelf. And you've got to get somebody yeah. to pick it off the shelf and flip it over and then eventually get to the first part of it. But the newspaper, you have really such a, a small window of doing that or the magazine article. And then the, uh, the time behind it, you know, as far as the longevity behind it. It. You know, it's yeah. not. And always- another thing is that with a magazine, that's a little more for entertainment. People pick up a magazine to relax or have fun. Newspaper, you want information. So even between those two, there is quite a difference, or can be. Yeah. Absolutely. So now when you're talking about writing more for books nowadays, is that uh, just because where you're at in your writing and creativity right now? Is, or yes, But also it's because there is uh, more competition. You know, when I was starting out, I was able to make a good living at it, just being a writer. And today I think you'd have to have a second job. And also because so often with a magazine, say, they want a staff writer to go out and do the article or interview somebody. Whereas a book, you do your own book. And that's another thing. You're your own, so you don't really have to um, say, well, what about this? What about that? You do the book, and then you take it to the editor. And then, as you know, then they say, well, yes, maybe change a thing or two here. But for the most part, it's your work. I've had some magazine articles where when they are printed, half of it isn't what I wrote. They changed it so much. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you got the paycheck. So you're, it's, it's, yes, that one gets all of that's right. It gets the little sting out of it, you know, when they change it around so much. Like, okay, I got paid a little bit for it. But I, I think it's a fascinating time we are. Obviously, I haven't myself. I haven't been writing as long as you have. But even in the short period of time that I've been doing it over the past decade or so, it's fascinating for me to watch. And just in the fact that there are so many more opportunities and some more and more avenues where you can get your message out there. But yes, with the internet, yes, and so exactly. Mm-hmm. But obviously, from a financial standpoint, uh, makes it a little bit more challenging because uh, you know some. Uh, newspapers, uh, magazines, online magazines, these type of things are more worried about getting quick content out there, keeping people motivated more so than maybe getting uh, quality content out there at times. Hopefully none of the magazines I write for are listening at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, yes. Hmm. It so much depends on the subject, though. And this is something, you know, over 90 million Americans have pets, dogs and cats, very often together. And so when you have a subject that's of interest to people, it's a lot of fun because, you know, you're writing for people who are interested and you're interested and you're giving them new things they didn't know. So it's entertaining, but also it's very informative. One librarian told me, we don't tell the kids that this book is educational, although it is. We just say, look at this or look at that and they'll and when I've spoken at libraries lots of kids and teenagers have questions and they they end up having more respect say for animals and how unique they are and also of course learning more about the language these expressions so it's a lot of fun for everybody 
Yeah, I think it is too. And it's a fun book to be able to get those things across. So uh, especially if they can uh, uh, learn from it and maybe even outsmart their parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and also I've been told it's the sort of thing where you find out something like, for example, woodpeckers. Why don't they get headaches after banging their heads on trees for hours at a time? Well, that's explained here. And then you'll say, oh, listen to this, or you want to share it with a friend or a relative. So it's, it's a lot that kind of a book. It's fun above all. All right. Well, everybody go out and pick up a copy of Holy Cow with the exclamation point <laughs> from uh, Bose Hadley. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. It's a fun one. I think it's one you, you keep on the shelf because you're going to have one of these terminologies pop up once again, and you're going to wonder where it came from, and now you have a source to get to, to the information. Bose, tell us a little bit about how people can find out more to purchase the book, find out more about what you've got going on, and keep up with all your wonderful activities. Well, very simply, uh, either a bookstore or online at Amazon.com and so on. Anyone can order it for you. It's not self-published. It's via a publisher in New York, which is called Sky Horse Publishing. And in fact, the third chapter is all about horses. And uh, so anywhere that you can get books. The next thing is a book called 492, as in 1492, Columbus, Great Things About Being Italian, because there are about 19 million Italian-Americans, and also many who are half Italian on their mother's side, so you wouldn't know, like Bruce Springsteen, Cindy Lauper, you wouldn't know from their last names, because they're their father's last names. So that's, uh, and it's a book not for Italian-Americans only, but, uh, you know, we all know about Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo DiCaprio, and of course, the great foods and art. So that's the new one. <laughs> Very good. And, and that's out on the, on the stands now or due to come yes, out this year? Yes, it just came out. And the same publisher, Skyhorse, again, available bookstores or online. Fantastic. And uh, Bose, do you have a, a website or a... Uh, no, I don't actually. Uh, because the, the thing is then you have to spend a lot of time with that. I'd rather spend it doing the books and making them as good and interesting as I can. <laughs> there you go. That's fine by me. I understand how that works. Yeah. Well, um, everybody, once again, pick up a copy of the book, Holy Cow! Exclamation Point, Publishing House, Skyhorse Publishing. It's Bose Hadley. You're going to have fun with the book and definitely take a look at all of his other wonderful writing out there. Bose, it was a treat to have you on the show today. I appreciate it very much, and we'll look forward to speaking with you uh, down the road the next time. Well, thank you very much, Tim, and good luck. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank the uh, sponsors and producers for making this show possible. To find out more about me and all the other wonderful shows, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Animal Rights icon, and download each and every episode. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the other wonderful shows and hosts on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, ideas, comments, people you want to see on the show, you can email me. Email me at tim at petliferadio.com. And I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.